Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Tuesday, November 19th. As always, represented by D's Home Cuts. I am your host, Travis Karczewski. Sherman's here. What's going on, guys? No Johnny Glad to start the show. There's a small chance we could get him towards the end. I doubt it. He is currently at a speech for a class right now he has to attend. Uh, so we miss him. And we were kind of wishing that he could talk to us a little bit about the Steelers situation, get his side, because we're going to have our boy Nate Meyer call in a little bit later to talk about the Mason Rudolph-Miles Garrett fight. We'll give our opinion on it a little bit later in the show. But before that, he's back. Carmelo Anthony has signed with the Portland Trail Blazers, which means Travis Karcheski, your boy, is now a Portland Trail Blazers fan. Uh, I am a diehard Trail Blazers fan now, till Carmelo Anthony retires. And if he wins a ring, when he wins a ring there, I will officially sign my fandom over to them for life. So we're in a big spot right now, but Carmelo Anthony has signed with the Portland Trail Blazers. The rumor is he's making his debut tonight, Tuesday night, we're recording this on Monday. And he is going to play some meaningful minutes there, probably off the bench at first. But once they realize how good of a player he actually is, they'll probably move him to the starting lineup and he'll be the number one scoring option there pretty quickly. But the reason is we're going to kick this off, kick off the show with this, is because every single day that Carmelo Anthony was not signed, 375 days since he's played in an NBA basketball game, everybody told me he's washed up. He's done. You better reti- you better just find another team. He's going to retire. He should go join the Portugal national team or the Puerto Rican team. All this shit I've been told, and I've said, no, no, no. He's going to be back, and guess what? I was right, and everybody else was wrong. So Carmelo Anthony has officially signed with the Portland Trailblazers. I am a Trailblazers fan. Everybody who said he was not going to sign can go kick a box of rocks I do not care. Carmelo Anthony is a Trailblazer. I'm a Trailblazers fan. And like I said, we're going to win a ring this year. Carmelo Anthony, there's still time for him to win MVP once he starts to go off. And all the doubts, everything people have said, and everything people have made fun of Carmelo for is all going to come crashing down this season. And we're going to go on a little bit of a revenge tour once he gets kicking here. And we're going to go night after night. We're going to call out people on this show who made fun of Carmelo Anthony, who disrespected him. And guess what? We're going to get ours. And trust me, it's going to be a very sweet tour. So if you're not on the Carmelo Anthony train now, I suggest you hop on because once it starts rolling, Tuesday night here, it's not going to stop, and it's going to roll fast and heavy, and next thing you know, there's going to be a pile of bodies laying behind it when Carmelo Anthony's standing there with his championship ring come June. So that's my thoughts on that. Any thought? The Truman Karcheski right here, my brother, is a well-known Carmelo Anthony hater. Uh, what's the thoughts on that? I don't give a shit. I don't care at all. Um... It's stupid to talk about a guy who's just getting signed basically to a 10-day contract. Uh, he's off basically the bench. a 10-day contract. He's off the bench. He's wearing those crappy numbers that you give scrap heaps. Uh, so I don't really know why this is opening our show, and I apologize to all our viewers uh, for having meaningless talks like this. Uh, so if we could just get to the real sports news, that would be great. Well, that's what Trim was talking about, you know, the scrap heap numbers. There's rumors out there right now. Again, they haven't announced it yet, the Trailblazers, which is a little nerve. I mean, I don't understand why they haven't announced it yet. It doesn't make much sense. Damian Lillard has talked about it a little bit, and it's pretty much confirmed. 
but they haven't announced it yet. So with that, they haven't announced his number. And 15 is retired by the Trailblazers. And number seven was Brandon Roy's number, and he's sort of a you know a legend over there with us. But uh, so the rumor is currently I think he's going to be wearing double zeros, which I don't hate. Um, it's a bit of a new look type of thing for him. But again, he could be wearing number seven. We just aren't sure. I'd love him to throw it back to 22. I don't know if there's anybody on the Trailblazers that's wearing 22, but throw it back to the high school days with a little 22. But like I said. It's it's Monday night, so tomorrow I'm gonna be wearing my Carmelo Anthony jersey to class. Gonna be rocking that around. Gonna go through the old Oak Hill jersey, and we're gonna get this thing back on track like we knew it would be. So keep watch on that. We're gonna go on Thursday's show. We'll give you a little bit of a review on his performance, and we'll go each show talking about how good of a season Carmelo Anthony is having because he's coming for everybody who said that he was done and he was washed up. So that's it. That's all I wanted to talk about for Carmelo Anthony. And our little story there. Um, let's move on now to some NFL talk. Like I said, Johnny is not here. So it's just me and Truman. We're going to break down each and every single game. Going to be probably a little bit shorter of a show today. Just because we don't have much in baseball. And that was pretty much all our basketball talk. So we're just going to go you know, through the week here, week 10. Go through all of that. Talk about you know every single game. Nate Meyer is supposed to call in. He hasn't texted me back yet. Um, so once we get through this, we'll pause it and wait for him to call in. You know, or we'll uh, you know end the show. It depends on what he's doing right now. So that's just a little bit of a schedule type of thing for us. So again, it's two. It's Monday night right now. So we are not recording this on Tuesday. We'll release it on Tuesday. So we don't know what the score is going to be for this Chiefs-Chargers game in Mexico, um, which I don't know why the NFL is doing it in Mexico again after that you know sort of debacle they had last year. But they're giving another shot in Mexico tonight. Uh, I'm not sure. I think we all picked the Chiefs on this one, if we're correct. It's in Mexico? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Chiefs. So if you're listening to this, the game's already over. We all picked the Chiefs, so hopefully the Chargers... Don't pull up an upset so we don't look like idiots. But moving on now, let's go. You want to start with the Browns game? I mean, it makes sense. It was on Thursday night. so. All right, let's do Browns game then. Browns won 21-7. to Mason Rudolph looked like is complete garbage accurate enough. Yeah. Complete garbage in that game. It was probably one of, if not the most boring games I've watched all year. But... The last 10 seconds, which is why you always stay up till the game hits 0-0, was probably the most exciting the NFL's had all year uh, with the Miles Garrett helmet situation. We don't really have to explain this to you. I'm sure you guys have seen it a thousand times. Clips have been shown from every angle, every speed of this fight. Basically, Rudolph got sacked, late hit by Miles Garrett. Cheap shot Miles Garrett right there. And then Mason Rudolph started to struggle a little bit. Miles Garrett took his helmet off. Banged Mason Rudolph in the head with the helmet, and then just a big fight happened. Ended up, Miles Garrett got suspended for the rest of the season. Marquise Pouncey got three games, and Ogan Joby got one game. And then a couple fines were handed down, but nobody really cares about fines. Anyways, though, Browns fans are claiming Mason Rudolph started the fight. They're saying he should have been suspended. We're going to have a Browns fan on a little bit later in the show here with Nate Meyer. What's thoughts on that, Truman? Uh, it's deserving, and you're going to get biasness from... Browns fans all over, especially the most of our listeners are obviously our friends and they're in Ohio. Most of them are Browns fans. So, I mean, you're going to get biased bullshit from them that, oh, he started it and 
it shouldn't be be suspended indefinitely. You'll get people who try to defend Miles Garrett, which really baffles me. But at the end of the day, he got what he deserved. He was in the wrong. Um, I know Mason Rudolph started a little bit of a pushing match because really I think Miles Garrett started it by driving him to the ground for no reason with eight seconds left on the ground. Obviously, Mason Rudolph is going to be pissed. He just lost a huge game and played terrible. Uh, so Mason Rudolph is just pushing him off. I'm like, dude, can you just get off me? There's eight seconds left. There's no reason. Yeah, he pushed his helmet. He was just trying to get him off of him. So a push and shove match turned into like an absolute bloodbath by Miles Garrett, taking it way low. Uh, really disgraceful, disgusting act by him. Um, so I don't understand how you could defend him uh, because he literally just took a guy's helmet off and then whipped it on his head. Um, so it was really stupid of him, and he really he cost the Browns. That's the story of the Cleveland Browns. They get a big win. On Thursday night football, primetime football, they have a good game, and then all that's talked about is bullshit. Um, they're not going to be a successful franchise until they cut this out, uh, and it's just annoying to watch. You know, you sometimes you do try and pull for Cleveland. I try and pull for Cleveland sometimes, but then they do stupid, disgusting shit like that, and I can't. Uh, so it's it's annoying, and it's been annoying to watch people try and defend Miles Garrett for literally hitting somebody over the head with their own helmet. Uh, like I said to Travis, uh, it's exactly like if me and Travis got in a brotherly fight and Travis came up to me and started pushing me around or hitting me and then I take a brick to the side of his head and that's fair. That's exactly what Cleveland Browns are trying to say. Cleveland Browns fans are trying to say. Uh, so it's fair. Garrett got what he deserved. I don't care what anybody says. See, my thought process on the whole thing is, you know, obviously I think it was Garrett's fault. Garrett hit him late. Eight seconds left. There's no need to take a quarterback to the ground. Uh, in that situation, and it was pretty cheap. I mean, it was like it was a hard hit too. And then uh, Rudolph had a right to get angry. Yeah, he maybe shouldn't have grabbed at his helmet, and that's why he got fined. That's why he got punished. But Garrett getting up and doing that—I mean, there's no need for that. They, you know, he could have severely harmed Mason Rudolph, which Mason Rudolph took that hit like a champ. Got to give him credit. I mean, a helmet's pretty heavy, and it's like they said—it almost weighs the same amount as a brick. I think it's, it's heavy. a pound heavier than. It's a pound heavier than a brick, and he took that shot to the head like a champ. And, I mean, yeah, he looked pretty bad when he called Logan Joby a bitch on the ground. He looked a little soft there. But, you know, Rudolph looked – I mean, he took that hit like a champ, like I said. But, anyways, Miles Garrett, I mean, he's pretty, he's had a lot of penalties all year. You know, people are starting to see he's kind of a dirty player. And the Browns themselves, I mean, I'm going to pull this up real quick. They, you know, they're first in the league in penalties accepted. They're first in the league in most penalty yards, and they're first in the league in ejections. Uh, so this is a dirty team. And, you know, Browns fans, I'm, I don't agree with you fighting over the fact that Mason Rudolph wasn't suspended and you guys trying to, you know, pump up Miles Garrett and, you know, talk about how great of a you know, hit that was and how that's football and it's dirty because that's football and that's the type of game we want. That's why you guys lose consistently because your fans are trash your organization's trash and your team is trash. Winning organizations do not do this type of crap. They don't, you know, pump up players for committing a very bad penalty. And now, Miles Garrett's one of the best defenders in the NFL. He's gone for the rest of the season. You're not going to have that on your defense. And, you know, that just hurts your team a lot. And you guys are pumping him up like this because he committed a stupid, you know, act like that. And, I don't know, that's just stuff like that just makes me happy. It wasn't Mason Rudolph's fault. He didn't start it. Miles Garrett started it by hitting him late and gave us a little bit of excitement and a little bit of something to talk about overall on a bad Thursday night game. I mean, that game was pretty terrible. And there was a lot of late hits on the Browns all throughout that game, a lot of helmet-to-helmet -helmet hits. 
But again, we're going to talk about this a little bit later, go a little bit more depth with Nate Meyer as he calls in in a little bit because, you know, we want to get a Browns fan's perspective onto this. You know, we wanted Johnny on here because he could give us a little bit of a Steelers perspective, but unfortunately that could not I happen. Think we're taking it from a Steelers perspective. Yeah, I think we're taking it from everybody's perspective besides a Browns fan. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to Sunday's games. Houston versus the Ravens. 41-7, to the Ravens got the win. People were saying this is going to be the game of the year, and like the Ravens do, time and time again, they take what's supposed to be a really good game, and they absolutely blow out their opponents. 41-7, to Lamar Jackson had all four passing touchdowns, uh, no rushing touchdown, which is why I lost the touchdown challenge. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, but Lamar Jackson's MVP campaign just rains on. I think he's clear-cut now the favorite to win the MVP in my mind. What he's doing is unprecedented in the NFL today. And week by week, Zach Berlovin, been on the show for, consistently says Lamar's not a good quarterback. He's not a good quarterback. And he just consistently goes out there and he proves him wrong. Week after week. And like I told Zach, it's getting harder and harder for you to say that Lamar is not a good quarterback. Week after week, it's getting harder and harder to stand by that take because he just consistently proves you wrong. Um, Deshaun Watson didn't look great in this game. There was a bad pass interference call that wasn't called, that they tried to overturn, didn't work out. But at the end of the day, the Ravens continue to roll on. I mean, would you even go as far as to say they're the best team in the NFL? Right now they're playing. They're the hottest team in the NFL. They're playing like it. Uh, but we'll see. I mean... They still have to beat the Patriots in the playoffs. Um, they still have to do the whole playoff thing. and it, it, I mean, it's tough to say because the Ravens are a new team. They have a new, completely way of running their offense and their organization. So it's new to us. It's new to fans everywhere. It's new to coaches everywhere. So we'll see if that can get through the playoffs. But right now, they're the hottest team in the league, and nobody can deny that. Um, so I think, yeah, you could say that the Ravens are the best team in the league right now, especially because they just handled the Texans, who a lot of people are high on. I've repeatedly said I'm not very high on the Texans, but that's still a good team that you just manhandled at home. Uh, so that's a big win for them. Uh, you know, the, for the Dowers, I'd say Lamar Jackson only does it uh, and against, you know, the Dolphins and Bengals. He played a hell of a game against the Houston Texans and then won. The Ravens are a real threat to win the AFC. They're a real threat to the Patriots. But we're going to have to see as time comes, we'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I think they're a real threat, not only to the Patriots, but in the entire NFL right now. I mean, what Harbaugh's doing there, what Greg Roman has done to set up Lamar Jackson is astounding. I think Greg Roman has easily done one of the best coordinating jobs of any coordinator in the NFL right now. Just the way he set this up and just transformed that offense from just a Joe Flacco, you know, boring pocket passing type of offense. And then in almost a year, less than a year, I mean, the dude made it into one of the most dangerous offenses in the NFL, doing stuff that nobody's ever seen before, putting you know, RG3 in the backfield with him and Mark Ingram, getting Gus Edwards running, running with three tight ends, you know, Boyle, Hurston, uh, Mark Andrews, and all three of those guys are going off right now. I mean, they could be starters on every single team, and he's just consistently doing different things and formations that's just setting them up for success. So the Ravens right now, I mean, they're a force, and I don't see a team stopping them. And I don't know. I just I really like the Ravens. I really like Lamar, and I think he's going to win the MVP. Now moving on to the next game, Falcons at Panthers. Falcons won 29-3. Everything I said about Kyle Allen last week is sort of, you know, doesn't look great right now. Kyle Allen had a really bad game. I'm not sure how the Falcons won this game. I'm not sure where this motivation has come from. It seems like they're 
purely playing for Dan Quinn right now. And, you know, if you're the Falcons, you're Arthur Blank, you're that ownership, I'm not sure what you want to do with Dan Quinn because you were, two weeks ago, everybody thought was a sure thing he's going to be fired. They've won two games versus two divisional opponents, one versus Saints, who was who are one of the best teams in the NFL. Then to dominate the Panthers like that, it makes no sense right now. If you're, you know, looking on the outside, what the Falcons want to do and where they're trying to go right now, but if they keep going in this direction, I think you've got to keep Dan Quinn. It just depends. I mean, like I told you guys this morning, it's just going to depend on if Dan Quinn is going to be too stubborn to change his coaches around him. Because let's let's face it, the Falcons need a offensive-minded. Like, a really good offensive coach. Um, if Dan Quinn's going to stay as their head coach, he needs to hire somebody who is either, A, a proven good offensive coach, or a quarterback's receivers coach picked off of one of these good teams that is just showing out offensively and make a move like that. Because he's repeatedly had, uh, you know, other than hiring Kyle Shanahan when the Falcons went to the Super Bowl, he really lacked in hiring. I mean, I really question that Steve Sarkeesian hire. Is Steve Scar- is he still the offensive coordinator there? Mm, uh, let me get our stats department real quick. Because I just feel like the Falcons and Matt Ryan work good with a offensive coordinator that is quality and does does a good job. I mean, obviously, but I mean, like you like you saw with Kyle Shanahan, who is an excellent. He's still athlete. the offensive coordinator. Yeah, that just won't work, and I just don't agree with that hire. I don't know why he hired him. Uh, it just goes to show that they went from Kyle Shanahan as the offense coordinator to Steve Sarkeesian as the offense coordinator, and that's where I think the Falcons drop off lays because, like I said, Kyle Shanahan's proven head coach now. They had quarterbacks coach Matt LaFleur, who's doing a great job with my Green Bay Packers. So they had a really good offensive staff around the Falcons and all the talent they have, and now they don't because now they have Steve Sarkeesian, and that's where the Falcons have issues. I think Dan Quinn's a good coach, but he just has to stop being stubborn and hire the right people for Matt Ryan and all the weapons they have offensively. Yeah, I mean, if he wants – I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. And now with the Panthers, everybody said, oh, we'll just build around Kyle Allen once we trade Cam Newton. But now it's like – do we keep Cam Newton? And they're just in a mess right now. And Riviera's on the hot seat. And that's another franchise that going to be interesting to watch over the next couple of weeks to see what they do here. Uh, Cowboys-Lions. Cowboys won 35-27. to Jeff Driscoll started again for the Lions. Um, Stafford is looking like he may be out for the season. So it's going to be Driscoll here from you know here on out. And Driscoll's a good backup. I mean, I think he's a pretty decent quarterback. And, you know, he played tough versus the Cowboys here. But obviously... The the Lions are one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they just don't have what it takes to finally win that game and push over the top there. Uh, the Cowboys look good. Dak Prescott had a really good game. Uh, Prescott is, I mean, you could say he's a dark horse MVP candidate the way he's been throwing the ball this year. He's earned his money. I think the Cowboys should pay him now. I think that's sort of confirmed in my mind. And it's just a good game for them and a solid victory. It was close, but the Lions are, are a scrappy team. They're pretty decent. And, I mean, I, I said they're pretty decent. And a couple seconds ago, I said they're one of the worst teams in the NFL. But they're one of these teams that, you know, they're, they're like the Bengals. Where, like, the Bengals are shit. I mean, they're 0-9. But they're also, like, you could – you wouldn't be shocked if the Bengals beat a decent team next week. It's just how it goes uh, in the NFL here. But, yeah, Cowboys got a good win. And, you know, they're pushing for that playoff spot. They're pushing for that divisional spot right now. 
And I don't know where they're going to go from here, but it's a good one to build off of. I agree. I mean, they should have beat that. They should have beat Detroit on the road, even if they had a, you know, they should have beat Detroit uh, if they had a backup quarterback, and they did. Jeff Driscoll, I think he's playing good, uh, but just you have to beat them if you're a perennial playoff team and a contender. You have to be take care of Detroit with Jeff Driscoll, um, even if it's on the road. Uh, but I knew that was going to be a close game no matter what. Uh, it's hard to travel. It's hard to travel to Detroit. It's a tough place to play, um, and. You know, Jeff Driscoll's not the worst option you could have as your starting quarterback. Uh, so I knew it was going to be a close game. Dallas took care of business. Uh, Philadelphia lost, so Dallas picks up another game on Philly, and they're just separating themselves, and I think the Dallas Cowboys are going to win the NFC East. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, Broncos-Vikings. Vikings won 27-23. to This was a shocker of a game. The Broncos were up twenty to nothing at one point, and most and I think it was like teams that were down twenty nothing at half were zero and ninety nine uh, in the last couple of games. But the Broncos they let it slip because they're a trash team, and all their mojo ran out there in the second half. And the Vikings were able to string together a couple good drives, and they were able to win this game. Uh, as far as the as far as the Vikings go, I put a poll on Twitter today, and. Trim, you can answer this yourself. Kirk Cousins, 29 for 35, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's having a good season. But now, even if he continues to let up the stat sheet each week, do you trust Kirk Cousins to lead your team in the playoffs? I mean, he hasn't done anything to prove it yet. Uh, so not until he proves it. But I do think he's having a great season. I think he's, he's uh, an underrated MVP candidate as much as I hate to admit it. But he's having a great season for the Vikings. But at the same time... When it's all said and done, can he go on the road in the playoffs and win a game? It hasn't been done yet, so we'll have to see. Uh, so I don't believe in him yet, but I think he has all the tools and he's a talented quarterback to do so. Uh, but we'll see. And they're not out of it with the division. They're one game back from Green Bay with another game to play against them. Uh, so, you know, important football is about to be played in Minnesota. And this is what's been criticized about Kirk Cousins in the past, is when important football comes, Kirk Cousins disappears. So we'll see. Could be different. He's got a lot of talent around him. Uh, but we will finally get to see what Kirk Cousins can do with a lot of talent and important football being played. All right, Jaguars-Colts. Colts won 33-13. Nick Foles came back. Looked good on, like, one drive. And then for the rest of the game, you know, he sort of looked like the Rams' Nick Foles. You know, not the Eagles' Super Bowl with Nick Foles, the Rams' Nick Foles. He looked bad. And, you know, now the Jaguars are in this weird position, and the Colts look good. Brissett looked good. They played the Texans on Thursday night, and that's going to be a really good game. But, I mean, I don't know which team you want to talk about here, but we'll just stick with the winning team here, the Colts. Do the Colts have enough, you think, to push it into the playoffs again next this year? Yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm high on the Colts still. Uh, they got their starting quarterback, and they took care of business at home against a divisional team. Um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. It's going to go down to the Colts and Texans. And, um, you know, the Texans probably have more talent, uh, but they're, more, they're both inconsistent. The Texans probably have more talent, but the Colts are a better coach team, and they're deeper. So I, I predicted it from the start uh, since we started the podcast back up. I think the Colts are going to win that division. Um, and the Texans will end up getting a wild card spot. I'm going to stick by that prediction. I think the Colts have enough um, to do some damage, and I think they have enough to do some damage in the playoffs, actually. I'm very high on the Colts, uh, but they got to start stringing together some great games because you can't just lose to the Dolphins at home and then 
you know, expect to do some damage in the playoffs. But I think the Colts are a really good team. They just have to be more consistent. Speaking of the Dolphins, Dolphins-Bills, Dolphins lost 37-20. to Josh Allen lit it up. Probably had his best game as a pro. It's against the Dolphins, sure, but that's still an NFL secondary. And Josh Allen looked real good. John Brown, 150 yards receiving. John Brown has now had every single game this year. He's caught over 50 yards receiving. And I made this take yesterday. got a little bit trash for it. John Brown's a top 15 wide receiver pushing that top 10 range this season. That's a little bit of a shock, but if you look at his stats and look just how consistently he plays, I mean, he's impossible to stop with his speed. And, you know, Josh Allen does a good job of finding him. And the Bills, again, they're doing what they need to do. They're beating up on the crap teams on their schedule. And people can make fun of them for all they want. Or they can't beat decent teams. They can't beat good teams. They don't have to right now. Their schedule gets a little bit tougher here coming soon, but I mean, once we look and pull it up real quick, they play Broncos, aren't great. They play the Cowboys, Ravens, and Patriots, which I mean, you're going to have to win at least one of those three, I think. And then you play the Steelers and the Jets, who again, no disrespect to Johnny, those aren't great teams right now in good spots. So if the if the Bills can win, let's see, what are they now? 7-3. Seven 7-3. Three. Seven and, three. and if they beat the teams they're supposed to beat, the uh, Broncos, the Jets, and the Steelers, they, that's 10 wins right there. And if you win one out of those three, you don't even have to. You go 10-6. and six. But if you win one out of those three, you're 11-5. and five. That's going to get you into the playoffs right now. So it really doesn't matter if they can beat up on these good – if they can't beat these good teams because they just beat who they know they can beat. They're going to be in the playoffs. And once you get into the playoffs, anything can happen. Exactly. I mean, the Bills – uh, they're very well coached. They have a very good defense. They have a run game, and they have some talent on the outside with John Brown. Um, so they have a team that can win. They have a team that can go a playoff team that can win some games. Uh, they have a defense that can travel, uh, a run game that can travel. Uh, so the Bills are kind of a scary team, and I don't think, you know, if you look at the playoff outlook, they would be – Let's see, the three seed. The three seed would probably be the Chiefs. Um, I'm going to guess right now the way things are going. The Bills can travel on the road and beat the Chiefs. They just have that type of team. Uh, but we'll have to see. Um, you know, they still have to beat some good teams. Uh, but it's just one of those six seeds or five seeds that I could actually see winning a game or two. I'm still not sold on them because they do lose some dumb games. They lost against Cleveland, which was a dumb game. Um, they got killed against Philadelphia, which is a dumb game. Uh, so I'm just I'm not sold yet. But if the Bills can string together some wins and get in the playoffs, I think they have a team that can compete uh, with the hierarchies in the AFC. Not saying they're going to go anywhere really that far, but I think it's not a team you really want to see. No. Speaking of a team you really don't want to see, Saints Buccaneers. Saints won 34 to 17. Got things sort of back on track. Um, I mean, I don't know if. Have you seen James? James Winston was complete trash again yesterday. Four interceptions. He has now 18 picks through 10 games, which is absolutely awful. And the Saints got a good win. You know, obviously, James Winston helped them out a lot. They got back on track a little bit there. Kamara did his thing again. And just a good win for the Saints. But again, James Winston is trash. Uh, I mean, James Winston is just really inconsistent. He's I so mean, weird. when he is bad, he's. God awful bad. When he's good, he's great. Like, he looks good. He looks real good. So, like, there's no in-between. There's no mediocrity to Jameis Winston. He's either god awful, worst quarterback in the league, 
or he's freaking a stud. Uh, so I don't know. We've had a, we've seen a lot more of the god awful games from him. Um, so I don't really know what the Buccaneers are going to do with him after this season. Just like you brought in Arians, who was supposed to eliminate these god awful performances, and he hasn't. He just sort of looks the same as he's always looked. Just like interception, interception, or it's touchdown, touch. It's interception, interception. Mike Evans does nothing. Godwin does nothing. Or it's Mike Evans gets three touchdowns. Chris Godwin gets two, and it's like an insane putting put up fifty points. It just makes no sense. And that OJ Howard interception wasn't his fault, but still, it's just just gross watching him play when he's bad. I mean, I agree. It's just the, the Buccaneers aren't a great team right now, and um, James Winston's not a great quarterback. I, but like you said, it's gonna be interesting to see what the Buccaneers do after the season because James Winston's contract comes up, and do you give him another shot on a short-term deal? I know. Uh, do you give him another shot bringing a veteran quarterback and, you know, have them compete? Or do you just get rid of him all completely and cut ties and just go a different route? Um, I'm probably on the on the train where I would just go a different route and kind of get rid of James Winston. Uh, but, you know, these next, what is it, six more games, seven more games is really important for him. If he can string together some good, good, you know, performances – uh, you know, he could possibly save his job in Tampa Bay, but right now it's just not going to happen. He's definitely going to get a job somewhere else as a backup probably or as a competing uh, quarterback to start somewhere. Um, maybe a new system would help him. Maybe a new scenery would help him. But uh, right now it just doesn't look good for James Winston and Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the future. No, Now another 34-17 to game. Jets, Redskins. Jets are on a little bit of a hot streak right now, a win streak. Dwayne Haskins got a start. Did not look bad. Had his first passing touchdown. I mean, I'm sure we all saw the clip of him uh, on the sidelines. Basically, he was pounding on his chest to his offensive line, asking them, what can I do to help you? What can I do? And it looked like the Redskins offensive linemen sort of all checked out. They're all veterans. It looked like they all checked out just because they don't care, because they're down by so much, or because, you know, they feel it's weird to have a rookie, you know, sort of stand up to them chest to chest and demand them, you know, demand answers. And... They looked like they just couldn't care less, and they're sort of disrespectful to Dwayne Haskins. And it just goes on the line with me. I think Haskins is going to be a really good quarterback in the NFL. It's going to take time, and he's in a very bad situation right now. He's sort of like Josh Rosen last year. But I think he's got the passion and fire that Josh Rosen doesn't to where he will be able to pull whatever sort of wins and games and touchdowns you know he can pull out of a certain situation right now. And I think... Over time, if he gets out of the Redskins, I think he'll skyrocket in terms of talent. But if he stays with the Redskins, it's going to take a lot of time for him to develop. But I think he'll eventually get there. And I think it's going to take you know a lot more talent added to this roster than what's there right now. And a lot more culture and just a fresh start right now. Because the Redskins, I mean, it's rough there right now. I don't see any quarterback would succeed in that situation, especially a rookie. I don't know. I mean, it's just the Redskins, they're shit. Uh... You know, the Jets, obviously I'm high on my Jets, so that's a big win. They took care of business against the team they needed to beat. I told these guys last week that, you know, they think that the Jets are just one of these teams. They're more talented than the Washington Redskins. They're more talented than the Cincinnati Bengals. And they took care of business and showed that. They're 3-7. and seven. It does not look pretty. But they have some easy games coming up, teams they should beat. Uh, so I want to see the Jets string along some victories and end their season on a high note and um, prove to people that Adam Gase and Sam Darnold can work and will work in the future. Uh, but as far as the Redskins go, they just need 
new management. It's it's a terrible organization, and um, you know people last yesterday were chanting, "Sell the team, sell the team." Dan Snyder, listen, you need to sell the team, cut your losses. You're not a good owner, um, but I feel bad for Washington right now. All right, let's go a little bit quicker through this game here. 49ers, Cardinals, 36-26. Cardinals played them pretty tough, but at the end of the day, uh, 49ers got to win. Yep. All right, Bengals, Raiders. Raiders won 17-10. Ugly game, but the Raiders won. I wanted to read you this real quick. The Raiders rookies yesterday. Max Crosby had four sacks. Jacobs had 124 yards rushing. Uh, Mullen from Clemson had an interception that sealed the game. Uh, Fabian Moreau, or whatever his name is, caught a touchdown. Renfro, five catches, 66 yards. And uh, Cleland Farrell, Cleland, Keelan Farrell had a pass defended, and he had a sack. So right now, the Raiders have six, have five picks in the top 100 in the 2020 draft. They're 6-4. and four. They're in line right now for a possible playoff spot right now. Are the Raiders killing it? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm impressed. Obviously, I love John Gruden. And I like Mike, Mike Mayock from what he did on NFL Network for years and years and years. Uh, but I just think they're a smart team. You know, it's funny because everybody always talks about the young offensive geniuses and how they need to be the head coaches. And the Packers went that way with Matt LaFleur, and I loved every bit of it. But it's not. it doesn't have to be that way. John Gruden's an old-school, old-minded head coach, and it's working right now. And the way he's running his organization, it's working right now. And you can't deny it. You know, So maybe it's not as god-awful to hire an older guy who's going to bring an old-school mentality to your organization. John Gruden just fits the Raiders very well. And they, I really think they hit it out of the ballpark by getting him back. Everyone says they paid a lot for him and they gave him a 10-year contract and that was dumb. I don't think so. John Gruden's a very good football coach, and he's a really good leader, and he's picking leaders to be in his franchise, and that's the key to what Oakland's doing right now. They're not picking guys that me or Travis or anybody might think would be, you know, oh, why did why'd they pick Farrell over Josh Allen last year? Because they believe in their heart Farrell's a better leader and a great player, and he's going to fit the organization better, and they're not going to care what anybody says about him. I'm impressed with the Raiders. I think they're going to still Slip into the playoffs, and I think they got a bright future. All right, quickly, uh, Patriots, Eagles, Patriots won 17-10. Uh, good game there, Patriots won. Patriots have a little bit of an offensive line problem, but I don't think it's going to matter that much in the long run for the Patriots. I don't know, a boring game. All right, Bears, Rams. Rams won 17-7. Absolute boring game. If you want to say Eagles-Patriots is boring, this is even worse. Eddie Pinheiro missed a lot of kicks. Uh, Matt Nagy decided to sit Trubisky in the fourth quarter, said he had hip injury, which people are kind of calling BS on. Uh, people are saying it's just Matt Nagy's way to sort of put the blame on Trubisky rather than on himself, uh, which I would agree with. And then Eddie Pinheiro sucks. Rams got a win, good win for them. You know, they're, they're trying to put things back on track right now. And Todd Gurley didn't look half bad last night, so that was a good sign for him. But overall, pretty mediocre, boring game on a Sunday night. Um, I can say the Bears are a shit show, and I love it. All right, let's move on then. Quickly, let's talk a little college football. Ohio State won. They're still moving on. Minnesota lost. That was a huge loss for them. Probably ruins their hopes for a college football playoffs. Maybe not if they somehow upset you know, whoever is going to be playing the Big Ten Championship game. Ohio State gets Chase Young back this week for against uh, Penn State. And the biggest college story, Tua Tagovailoa, whatever his name is, uh, 
went out with a hip injury. It was going to be his last drive in the Mississippi game, and he got sacked, and he broke or dislocated his hip. Same injury as Bo Jackson. Had surgery on today. It looks like it was good, successful surgery, but he's pretty much it's, he's out for the season. And now it's Mac Jones. So this could – do you think this is potentially the first time Alabama misses the college football playoffs? I mean, it's looking like it right now, but Alabama, they're magical. Nick Saban's best coach in you know college football history, arguably. Uh, so they can find a way. Uh, but it's going to be really kind of hard. It's hard to see a path for them right now the way LSU is playing. Um, so I don't really know if they're going to make the college football playoffs. But like at the same time, it's hard to predict because Alabama's Alabama and Nick Saban's Nick Saban. And to the college football playoff committee, I agree with what they do. I think they do a good job. Travis and other Ohio State fans disagree with that. I disagree. But I think that they do a good job, but I also think that like this situation is hard for them because Nick Saban and Alabama, they look awful attractive to put in because of their history. But at the same time, you have to look at what they've done this season. And right now, they're not deserving of getting in. Uh, they're going to have to have some teams fall, um, but it's just, I don't, you know, it's hard to say, but right now, you know, you'd have to say, yeah, they're not going to make it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't think that'd be such a bad thing. I think people are tired of watching Alabama in the college football playoffs. So I think it'd be nice to get some new, fresh teams in there, even if it is like Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, and, um uh, Oregon or something like that, but still, it's something new. It's make sure we won't have a third straight Clemson, uh, Alabama. Alabama national championship game. So I'm happy for that. Uh, I think that's going to be good for the sport overall. So right now we're going to have Nate Meyer call in and talk to us about give us a Browns perspective on what happened Thursday night. But before that, I had to remind you guys about our guy Dom at D's Home Cuts since. Uh, last couple of years, Dee's Home Cuts has been providing professional haircuts to everybody around Northeast Ohio, and every single cut gets better every single time. He's been supporting the show since the beginning. Uh, Dee's Home Cuts has done a lot of great things for us. He's been on the show multiple times because Dee's Home Cuts provides us personally with the best haircuts that we can get. Actually signed up today. We got an appointment with Dee's on Tuesday, I mean Wednesday next week uh, for Thanksgiving break. He's going to give us a nice fresh cut to make sure we look great in all of our family holiday photos. So we're pretty pumped up for that. Check him out on Dee's Home Cuts. Check him out at Dee's Home Cuts on Instagram. And trust me, you will not be disappointed. Send him a DM in his uh, on his Instagram and uh, get in there for fresh cut. Look your best for holiday pictures and make sure uh, you check them out. It's the cheapest, best haircut around. D's home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. You want to pause this and call him? Let's do that. So we're going to pause this real quick and then we'll get him on the show. All right, we now welcome back on Nate Meyer, uh, fellow Cleveland Browns fan. Just me and Truman, though, today. Nate, Johnny had to go to something for his class, so you're not going to oh, have... no Johnny. Yes, you're not going to have... the Steeler fan. You're not going to have the Steeler fan perspective, but we're going to do our best to sort of bring that side up a little bit. Okay. All right, so why don't you go ahead. We broke it down earlier. Why don't you give us your perspective, your breakdown of what happened on Thursday with eight seconds left? Full breakdown. Okay. Um, well, first of all, the Browns kicked the shit out of the Steelers, as expected. 21-7. Um, what's up? It's only 21-7, but all right, keep going. I mean, I mean yeah, the def- I mean, our defense kicked the crap out of them. Yeah. But, uh, keep- so basically, there's eight seconds left in the game. Uh, Miles Garrett, I think he's a little angry that 
he, I think he was a little pissed off because he got back there like almost every play that whole game. Yeah, but he couldn't. He couldn't like, you know, get there consistently enough to make the tackle. Mason Rudolph got rid of the ball and quick enough and stuff. So Miles Garrett gets back there last play of the game. He knows it's the last play of the game. He just tackles him to the ground. And then Mason Rudolph obviously doesn't like that. He's pissed off that he threw four picks. He's mad that um, I Miles Garrett did take him to the ground like unnecessarily. Like there's no reason to take him to the ground. Okay. But then on the ground, Mason Rudolph. Um, people were saying he was he got his hand stuck in his helmet or no he didn't get his hand stuck in his helmet. His hand wasn't stuck anywhere. You can see him pushing his helmet off and trying to pull off Miles Garrett's helmet. Um, so that obviously pissed off Miles Garrett. He didn't like that. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not if you don't want to, you don't want to get the horns. You don't want to mess with the bull. You know what I'm saying. And he was messing with the bull right there. So Miles gave him the horns. He, you know, stood up. He grabbed Mason by the face mask. Made him his made him his son basically. Yeah. Lifted almost picked him up by the face mask until it ripped off of his head. And then. And right there. Th- and then what What did he do with that helmet, Nate? What'd you say? What'd he do with that helmet? Well, it wasn't right away, but it should have been over right there. Miles yeah. was done. Um, the refs were done. They were blowing their whistles. They thought it was over. Steelers linemen had Miles Garrett held back. Nobody had Mason Rudolph held back because he was on the ground. And he hops up. There's the picture of him looking like... Looking like someone just killed his family. He was so angry about the situation. And yeah. he, looks, he just looks like a little kid running at Miles Garrett, so pissed off. And there's the picture of Mason, like, right into Miles Garrett, right before Miles swings the helmet. <laughs> and Miles Garrett's standing straight up. Looks, it's like from behind, so you can see the back of Miles Garrett. He's standing straight up. Um, Pouncey and who is the other lineman right there? The Castro. The Castro, yeah. Yeah, are standing there with him. And, like, Miles. It looks like Mason's, like, yelling at his dad or something. So, obviously, Miles was already pissed off at the situation. Um, and I think he, if he wasn't holding the helmet, he would have swung with his fist. And he just happened to be holding the helmet, so he swung with the helmet. Yeah. And he unfortunately connected. Um, I'm not, I do not agree with swinging a helmet at a person's head in any way i don't want to defend miles garrett's actions okay i just okay. want to say that's what we like here for miles garrett's actions and then after that of course mason yeah. was pissed off about that and then larry Ogunjobi gave him a swift little push and he did a nice acting job so do you agree with the too. do you agree with the suspensions that were handed down um I mean, Ogunjobi pushed him, got one game for just pushing him down. Yeah, but that was that was excessive. It was unnecessary completely. Like, the, like that was the whole situation was over, like, times 10. Once mm-hmm. he just randomly pushed him down. Like, it was unnecessary, but I think he could have just gave him a healthy fine, and it would have been fine. Yeah. I mean, it's okay, I guess. Miles um, Garrett, yeah. After it happened, it was like, in my head, I was like, that's probably four. And then I was thinking, ah, that might be season. <laughs> <laughs> and then it turned into, you know, season and playoffs. So, I mean, if there's a playoffs, he'd be suspended. But yeah, uh, I don't disagree with Miles Garrett. I think they're appealing it, aren't they? Yeah. but because, I mean, there was the situation a couple years back where um, I don't recall the name of the player, but he did the same thing kind of. Not, not like yeah. right head on, but 
I know you're, there's a Dolphins. Are you, got a game. Yeah, you're thinking of the Dolphins offensive lineman a couple years ago or something like that? Yeah, I saw videos on yeah. Instagram about it or something. So, but, no, yeah, I expected a hefty suspension. I'm not, I mean, sure, I'm like disappointed in, that it's Miles Garrett that has to get suspended, but I'd much rather it be, you know, Miles Garrett than Nick Chubb or Baker Mayfield. Not, not taking away anything from Miles Garrett, but. Are you impressed like, with how well Mason Rudolph took that hit? Am I impressed? I mean, he took a helmet straight to the head and he didn't even flinch, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think if it was Miles Garrett's fist, I think he would have went down if Miles Garrett connected the fist. Honestly, uh, if Miles me, Garrett could have got the fist to the temple of, my, of uh, Mason. Yeah. Nate Meyer, let me take you back to Medina football. Hot day in the summer. Me and you are blocking each other. Maybe it gets a little shovey. Would you take my helmet off and smash it on my head? Uh, is your name Lane O'Connor? <laughs> I don't think so. Because I have ripped off uh, Lane O'Connor. I remember that. I was thinking about you. <laughs> We're going to get Lane on the sh- I don't think, especially, it's different though, your own teammate? Yeah. True, 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 true. We're going to get Lane O'Connor on the show here in a couple shows. We'd, right. love, we'd love for you to come on and help you guys, you know, talk about that situation. Oh yeah, we're, we're boys now. We text probably. Yeah. You know, every once in a while we Snapchat or something like that. But yeah, we're cool. Now. All right. All right. But, perfect. Uh, Truman, if you recall, it was my sophomore year, year junior year. You um, you actually pulled me off of another player. Oh, I remember that. Who was that? <laughs> I remember that. So I think uh, against Illyria. Yeah, uh, I remember that. Play, I'm on top of an Illyria kid kind of like punching at him and Truman pulled me off of him and then we both got kicked out of the game for like a play. Yeah, I remember <laughs> that. I remember that. But I don't uh, think I, mean, I don't think you were going to take the kid's helmet off. Swing my helmet. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you were going to get to that point. But I actually appreciate the way you said this, Nate. I thought you were going to come on here and be all, Miles Garrett did nothing! <laughs> no, I know Miles Garrett did something. It's just that Mason Rudolph did too and I think Mason Rudolph kind of are you embarrassed by how? Are you embarrassed by how some of your Browns fans are handling this situation? Do you have any examples? Well, I've just seen a lot of people, you know, brag about Miles Garrett's hit, saying you know that's old school football, saying Mason Rudolph started the whole thing, and Miles Garrett was completely in the right. I mean, yeah, yeah. if people, you know, if people are coming out and saying, you know. Mason Rudolph deserved to get hit on the head or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, Miles Garrett, I don't disagree with Miles Garrett decision. Like, you know, yeah, that's not right. Okay. But I can agree with the Mason Rudolph started it. And Mason Rudolph could have probably um, ended that situation if after Miles Garrett ripped his helmet off, he would have just got up and took his loss on the, you know, took his loss to him and just walked to the sideline. All right. Respect, Nate. I yeah. respect that. Nate, answer. you honestly handled this better than we thought you would. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I respect that. All right, Nate. Well, we thank you. How's the eyebrow? Is that growing back? Oh, it's good. Um, yeah, I had someone mention it today. They said, is your eyebrow um, looking better? And I sent them a picture, and they said, oh, yeah, it's not that noticeable anymore. So Okay, well, that's all right. Yeah, uh, lastly, Browns playoffs still? Um, I think it's going to come down to Brown Steelers. Okay. Okay. Their next appearance, not next week, the week after. Yeah, it's gonna be a good game. That's be a I huge think game. I think whoever wins that game is gonna get the confidence enough to 
there will be two two AFC North teams in the playoffs. All right. All right, Nehemiah. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Our favorite recurring guest, our most frequent recurring guest. Definitely. Meyer. Yep, for sure. All, All right, right Nate. Thank See you. Ya. See ya. All right, and that was Nate Meyer, who actually, I mean, he handled that pretty well. I thought he was going to handle that a lot worse. I told Truman before, you can't go off screaming at him, but Nate didn't really give him a reason to. So, good job, Nate. Good call in, as always. Love to have him on. That'd be fun to have him on Lane. Yeah, that was Yeah, Lane's Lane's going to be on here in a couple of shows, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So, stay tuned for that. But before that, uh, we got a couple more shows. You know, we got a show for you Thursday. We should get Bailey McRitchie on. That's the plan to get Bailey on. Talk a little hockey, rehash that. He was supposed to be on last week. We sort of botched that. Got a little confusing, but he will be on here soon. Uh, but that's it for our show today, guys. We want to thank you to our sponsor, D's Home Cuts. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk One Two. Send us questions, comments, concerns in our DMs. Send us a follow, and you can, you know, if you want to call in. If you want to be and you know come into the studio and talk, definitely send us a DM, guys. We'll follow you back right away, and we can get chatting about that. Uh, Instagram, where are we at? Getting there. It's getting there on the Instagram still. Uh, other than that, though, Spotify, iTunes. Follow us every Tuesday, every Thursday, guys. We're releasing episodes hot and heavy here. We're going to get back into our interview sessions here soon in terms of athletes. We got a couple. We're working with right now possibly going to get on the show here soon we still got one more to get before the year's out we can reach our resolution goal um but itunes spotify five stars rate reviews and subscribe so you do not miss an episode every tuesday every thursday guys that's it for our show today we want to thank you for listening carmelo anthony we love you we love you so much you're going to do great tonight versus the pelicans and you're going to go off and you're going to prove everybody wrong So we love you, and good luck tonight. That's our show. Thank you, guys. Go Packers.